Good day and welcome. It's Wednesday, it's Sports Stars, and it's time for Sports Stars Football, our weekly look at what's happened over the weekend and what to look forward to at the weekend. I'm Darren Kelly, and first I apologise for sounding so chirpy on this Wednesday because <laughs> I'm joined, of course, by my partner in crime, Donegal's Marie Defeni and Maria. I was thinking about you Saturday night. Uh, it's just disappointment for Donegal against Dublin. Yeah, well, what's the complete opposite word of chirpy? Because that's how I still feel now today, very raw. So I can only imagine how the Donegal players are feeling. Yeah, mixed emotions for Donegal over the weekend. Like, okay, the men beat Tyrone on Sunday, but Saturday night when it was there for the taking, which I felt it was, the, the game was the balance a few times, we, we could have pushed on. And that's going to be just a very hard swallow or tablet to swallow for the Donegal ladies. Like I said last week, if Donegal could start down, you know, um, hit the ground running, real high intensity, get the ball in early, get our forwards into the game and, and win the ball, then we'd have a real chance. But it was Dublin that actually, you know, really in that first quarter, they the movement of the forward line was unbelievable. It was terrific. Like first game after having all those months free and then um, when ball did go into Donegal, the defence, Dublin's defence, was out in front a number of times and Donegal slowly got back into it. And uh, and really in the second half, I think they they really pushed on Donegal and and and, and you know I think they won that half the second half. Uh, that freakish goal, uh, I think, was the difference. That and our poor enough start was really it's something that um, Donegal will really regret and uh, know that those the All Ireland champions were there for the taking. Um, and it's unfortunate it didn't happen for them. That was my feelings as well, and we'll go back into that in a moment. Just to let you know, obviously, we're going to be talking about Dublin and Donegal. It was the big game last weekend, and as Maria just said there, the All-Ireland champions, even Mick Bowen said it himself afterwards, they felt that Donegal might have been unlucky not to get something out of the game. And, of course, one of the most bizarre goals we've ever seen. Also coming up in the show as well, our mag against Tyrone. We look back on the high-scoring thriller in Breffney Park on Friday night. And we look ahead to this weekend. We're touching the other games as well. We'll be focusing on Mayo against Tyrone. Mayo, we often talk about what to do off the field but of course they're still delivering on the fields to roam what way are they going to be like and we're going to have a quick look at the intermediate championship our special guest in the show is a Sligo manager Michael Bowen and they play Kildare after a disappointing defeat to Leash at the weekend they're in that group with Kildare and Clare and we just look at the other results as well but Maria back to Saturday night Sinead Ahern's goal, <laughs> goal. I've oh. never I've never oh. you've, you've seen more football than I have but I've never seen a goal like that it was I I was actually, you hit the post, came down with then, and, and like for a minute I looked at my other, my husband, and I was like, that's not a goal. Is that a goal? It's, that, of course it was a goal because it went under the back net, but I've never seen anything like that. And to happen, you know, at the time it happened in that real uh, purple patch that Donegal was, was having at that time, it was just a, 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 a sucker punch for them. But what a, what a goal. I've never seen it. It was freakish. Talk about Halloween scare. Something <laughs> crazy happened Halloween night. That was it. That was just, uh, unbelievable. But, uh, um, and, and really, you know, Donegal did come back and did again, took the three points after that. But just time was against them. And being the All Ireland champions, Dublin are, they weathered that storm, kept their heads and just made sure they got over the line. But as you said, McVowen was a very happy man, you know, afterwards, a relieved man because, they were there. They were that close to them. Uh, there was only the finest of margins between the two teams come near the end of that game. And uh, I could have went the other way, you know, and then this just freakish goal. But uh, I wonder, does Sinead say that she meant it? I think she said, I think she said trick or treat before she kicked the ball. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think so. For those of you that did not see it, and apologies, Maria, but make sure you look at it because it was a point effort from about 20, 25 yards out, high up in the sky, came off the upright. We're used to seeing balls cannon off and go over the bar, but the ball bounced down and then it just took a spin and bounced back up inside the crossbar, hitting the roof of the net and back down as well. And I think Brief McCulgan realised what was going on. The ball was rolling out over the line and the umpire was going for the green flag. Yeah, it was just, it was phenomenal. Like, I mean, as you said, you're like, oh, it's a point, okay, you love that. Next thing, back down, your reaction. But it just happened so fast. That, um, that, um, we just... It just happened so quick, and as you said, hit that that the the goal line and just shot straight up and hit an angle. Must have had a bit of dirt, I don't know, and just it was just freakish landed in the back of the net. Nothing, um, not a goal could have done about that. Like it was just like the reaction was just it would have been too quick, but uh, just the timing when it happened, and you know you talk about that wee bit of a lot of people talk about having a wee uh, rub of the green. Like that was just rub of the green and more like, but that was phenomenal. And anybody doesn't see it, watch it. If you've ever seen GN, you've seen a goal like that before, please tell me because I've never seen it. With all the clubs and county games I have seen and played and never seen anything like that before. It's going to be one that's going to feature in so many TV quizzes with what happens yeah. next. Yeah. But, but if we talk leading up to go, like Johnny Goal came out with the blocks, brilliant. Yvonne Bonner with a, a point very, very early on. Amy Boyle, Karen fault. Geraldine McLaughlin sending over a free. Karen Guthrie was getting involved too. We were seeing flashes, but it's like then they faded out of the game. Dublin yeah. started dominating around the middle with Lauren McGee and Jennifer Dunn, who was the TG Gara player of the match. Lindsay Davey was dropping back to try and cut out supply. And a few minutes later, then a four-player move and Noel Healy had the ball in the back of the net for Dublin. Yeah. I mean, as you said, there was flashes that we were getting into it. There was some balls that was played in that normally you would have seen Donegal picking that up. But Dun Dublin's defence just hit the ground running and they, they crowded out that space and uh, and read the ball brilliantly coming in there. But uh, Dunn in the middle of the field, like, she's a phenomenal athlete, uh, star point, and she just attacked every time. And, uh, you know, running through challenges that maybe we should have been stronger in uh, Donegal. And I should, sorry, I'm supposed to be neutral here, aren't I, Darren? And I'm saying, we Donegal. Girl. I'll throw the Dublin spin in a second. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, apologies on that. Uh, let it stop. But, she was phenomenal and, um, you know, she set up the, the, the goal in the first half, scored two points herself. And, uh, you know, when the, and again, that it was small margins from your midfield to have that uh, contribution is huge. But there was a lot of players, you know, that stood up for Dublin leaders, you know, especially in that first half. But um, as I said, Donegal got into it. You know, you've seen the likes of Neve McLaughlin getting it into more Julian McLaughlin. And uh, uh, Nicole McLaughlin got very much involved in the game the second half. And she's a brilliant player. I love watching her play from tournament. Once she gets the ball, and I wish she'd been more involved in the game for Donegal because she's a powerhouse. She's kind of similar to Dunn in Dublin. Once she gets that ball, she is driving through and there's very little to stop her. And anytime she did get the ball, something came off her, a free or she set a, a score up. She's very good, and I wish we'd have got her just more involved in play. But uh, we Donegal, I should say, but uh, and, and credit Dublin, Dublin where you know she needed her, and again, you know, leader up there, um, Healy as well. They, they and collectively as a, a defence, Dublin. Even when Gordon got the the first goal for Donegal, like many players around her, and I don't know how she got that poked into the back of the net but that's the way they were especially in the first half just intensity and some of their tackling and, and turnovers was great in the first half Dublin as well but um, 
Yeah, yeah. and of course they made a count on the scoreboard as well. Like we talked about that first spell with Noel Healy, and they got the four points before half time. Even Sinead Goldrick came up the field to play to bang yeah. one over the bar as well. Nicole Gordon's goal was very, very important. It looked at first like it was bundled over the line, but I saw a picture since that no, that was deliberate and well, well done by Nicole. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Gold had to set a marker at the start of the second half, and Neve Hegarty certainly did that, clashing into Leah Caffrey to get a ball that Geraldine McLaughlin got advantage, and it put Johnny Gold back into this match. I did, you know, and that, see that Neve Hagerty, you know, some people think, well, is that a free, you know, because she, she stayed down, but it was 50-50, and Neve is tenacious like that, she reads the ball, they were trying to do it quick, she got on there, Neve, and set up a beautiful ball, and once it goes into Jerlin like that, there's no better person you want uh, one-on-one with a goalkeeper like that to finish it off, and it just set the momentum then for Donegal. Uh, for the second half and I just seen them coming more and more into the game winning the defence cup more in top two uh, for Donegal they were marshalling that uh, and working as a group better and uh, and and really you could see them charging down that middle field and running at Dublin and you know I've definitely felt in the second half once we got into that game and we ran at Dublin and powerfully ran at Dublin so you could take the first challenge off them they fouled you. Uh, Dublin fouled, fouled Donegal on numerous occasions around that full forward line or half forward line where Donegal capitalised. And I suppose it's for other teams looking at this, is there a bit of a kill as he there? Because once Donegal really charged forward and, and, and went for it and, and, and was strong in the, the first line of tackle in any way and, and kept moving, they were fouled. So, um, and, and but just we kept chipping over, chipping over, and chipping over. The, the scores, but uh, there just wasn't enough time in the clock, unfortunately, to, to for Donegal to really. And I think if there was even another five minutes, we could have we could have changed that that, that we Donegal could have changed that damn. <laughs> Geez, Darren, you're supposed to correct me. <laughs> oh, no, that's, that, like, it's, it's great to hear the passion as well. But, of course, the one thing is that Tony Gold just can never get in level terms. And as you mentioned with, with Dublin, the tactical fouling, like, we're not going to be naive and say it doesn't exist in ladies' football. No. Dublin were victims of a cork for many, many years. Yeah, uh, like, exactly. I, I'll even do, do a wee here talking about Galway <laughs> now for a moment. Uh, Galway are, 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 are only starting to learn it there now. I'd say we're going to get really trouble now. <laughs> we're not there. But, they did show, like Dublin did show their experience to be, keep their noses in front. Yeah. Like we've talked about Sinead Hearn's goal that put four between them again. But as you said there, Maria Donegal kept coming back, but it was down to freeze now. Geraldine McLaughlin getting uh, four of them over the bar, but it was just always chasing the tail. Like I won't say that the second Dublin goal knocked the stuff in now with Donegal, but it certainly meant they had to go dig again. And sometimes it's just it's too much to dig. Yeah, you, you said it like they and you know I just the commitment from the Donegal ladies. You know any other team maybe uh, once that goal went down, freakish goal to go on. You could see people drop on their heads, but they didn't. They never give up, and that's again you know a lot of these players for Donegal have been around the block a lot of numerous years, late twenties, early thirties, and they just they knew not to give up. They knew look, there's still time. We and we know what we have in in the camp here. We know that we can keep pushing, and they did, and they never give up. Like I mean. They, they pulled that back, scored three points after that. But just Dublin, they are the champions. There's a reason why they're champions. And they just, as I said, kept their head, got down the field again and, and just popped over those one or two points just to keep that distance in between that we'd have to chase a goal. like And uh, and uh, it was just too too far for, for the Donegal ladies team. Um, so I don't know what that means. You know, we, there's still Waterford and all the rest, but... Um, I mean, that, that's a big, big loss for Donegal. So I don't know how they're going to come back from that. I suppose they'll just have to see how Waterford and Dublin play next week. 
And that's exactly what I was going to ask you. One o'clock on Saturday in Bolton Glass, Waterford against Dublin. We've seen Waterford since they came up to the senior ranks. They're capable of big results, if not consistent enough. Now, if Dublin win the game, Dublin are into the All-Ireland semi-final. It's one out of three. If Dublin get a draw, Donegal are out. But of course, we have to look at the other side as well. If Waterford won this game by four points, Dublin are out. And Waterford will be looking for something out of the game as well. So, like everybody from Donegal is going to be cheering on Waterford at the weekend. There's no doubt as well. Can Waterford beat Dublin is the question. Yeah, that's the big one. Like, uh, oh, I hope they do. <laughs> if I'm to be honest, I'm. I'll, I'll be praying that they do. But looking at that, you know, um, Dublin side there. I mean, we we've a credible team. I know the substance that the Donegal team have, and they couldn't put them away. They couldn't beat them. Uh, Waterford will be up against it massively, but they've an incredible team. Waterford too, very fast, very skillful, uh, especially forward line, and they're very nippy. And they, they would have seen obviously Donegal and Dublin play. They would have learned a lot from that game. And you know, we talked just earlier before we come on, like Tipperary nearly took Galway by a point. Uh, you know, these things can happen. It's 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 you know, especially in the light of all these months break, you don't know. You know, Dublin, will they take it now? We've beat Donegal, you know, going into this Waterford game. Does your, your mind play going, look, we just make sure we get over the line here? All these three things can make a difference. Uh, if I'm to be honest, I'd say Waterford would need to play out of their skins to beat that Dublin team because they, they just, as I had said, their preparation wouldn't have been the same, you know, with COVID. But they were they were very good. They were brilliant uh, on, on Saturday night. So it's going to take a, a hell of a task. A lot of goals that Sinead O'Hearn scored against us was what Waterford would probably need to do. <laughs> Freakish goals on the back of the net to beat Dublin. But, you know, you, you, you never know. But uh, it would take a huge, a huge task. But we'll be hoping they do. They scored, they scored five goals against Galway in the league, so there's always hope. Yes. M- Maria, I'm going to take you out of your misery talking on that there now, and we'll move Thanks. on, and we'll be keeping an eye on that. Before we talk about the other game, we're focusing on a quick word. You've just touched on Galway and Tipperary already. Like, yes, being a Galway man too, um, uh, Tipperary, driven by Ashley Maloney, uh, nearly took something out of that game. But also Kerry. What a performance they had, banging in five goals against Kevin. Louise mm-hmm. Nimerty and Chief Roche sharing four six as well. They've laid down a marker ahead of this Saturday's game against Cork. Oh, they have. They have, surely. I mean, five goals, like, you know, and, and, and just kicking off after I said this COVID break, it was phenomenal. Like, and Kevin would be, a like, as I said last year, Kevin took us to extra time. They're a fabulous team, very strong, really physical. They really organised well at the back, I seen last year. So what again, preparation, were they ready for this Kerry team? We had a lot of change over the last 12 months. But by God, they, as you said, set out a marker. Five goals to score in any championship is phenomenal. And uh, the, the forward line play was serious for Kerry. So, I mean, Cork would need to be at their best, to you, know, especially when you have young players coming through, confidence very high. You can have that word cocky, but, you know, there you need a wee bit of that as well. And they really took it to Cavan. And I don't think Cavan expecting that kind of display, but it'll be really interesting. And there's always a good tussle between Kerry and Cork every year. But as I said, I didn't expect the, the margins to be so wide between the two of them, uh, Cavan. Kevin and Kerry, but uh, I'm really looking forward again this weekend. Again, a lot of mouth-watering um, matches to, to to watch. So, uh, bring it on. <laughs> So much potential with it as well as as you mentioned. Displays there. We'll go on to the other game Friday night, and 
What a way for the All-Ireland Championship to get underway. A high-scoring thriller. No doubt both teams will be looking to work in their defences, but for the neutrals watching the game, enjoying every single kick of the ball. Tyrone came out all guns blazing, as we predicted last week. And Armagh just went and scored another six goals. Yeah, I mean... Nine goals and 29 points were scored. I mean, that's phenomenal for a championship first round. And it was 23 wides as well between the two teams, I should point out. Jeez, that's just that's just end to end stuff. That's just you know you talk about your defensive systems. None of that was there on Friday night. It was just score and some of the scores on both sides. Ah, oh, Dan, do you know what? For ladies football and to having all the, the games, like the, especially senior games, being televised, I hope the people would have enjoyed that immensely. Some of the scores were just phenomenal for both Armagh and from uh, Tyrone O'Neill and Mackinac. They went far out, the power behind it, the accuracy. Ah, oh, it was it was it was great. But uh, yeah, both teams will have to really look. Obviously, you know, leaking six sixteen and three three, you'll have to really go right. We need to look at our defensive play. But and as you said, like the, the first game against our man Tyrone, Tyrone really took ages to get out of the blocks. Like it was two six our man scored before our uh, Tyrone got going. This time around, they did start well, but as the first half progressed. Like Armagh scored, I think it was five goals in the first half, and had nu- numerous players there attacking, and the overlapping of the half back and midfield really put Tyrone's defence um, on, on its back, and uh, it was very difficult for them. Uh, but um, oh, some uh, some amazing scores, and you know Mac in there just for me, she, she was phenomenal, uh, and um, she she really like she's formed, she's got just even her physique is just a lot stronger. She's able to hold off tight. To, you know, pressure and tackles coming in and still swing and when you when you try to teach I know I have four children and two of them are into the football and the one by putting your foot through the ball by God she puts her foot through the ball no more like Neve O'Neill on the other side and, and puts it over the bar some fabulous scores it was great to watch yeah. It's it's just great seeing Amy Mackin back in play. We were talking about her last week too after the Ulster semi-final, but she played her part. I think it was 1-6 she got in the game as okay, well. She was yeah. the official player of the match. And like they didn't, Armagh didn't have her in the All-Ireland quarterfinal last year. And with the form coming in, we don't overstate Armagh. But you could tell, we, wrote, we talked to Roland Murphy on Monday and you could tell the confidence is coming in Armagh. And like they'll have to work on conceding three thirteen, but also Tubery, as you were saying, there Tyrone came out brilliant. There Chloe McCaffrey with a goal after ten minutes. It was mm-hmm. one four to two points. Neve O'Neill got a goal later on on twenty six minutes. Tyrone were back in front. Our matches kept coming. They kept coming, and they were leading by five seven uh, to two nine at half time. Like and yeah. and there was still more to come in the second half. Yeah, you were looking for those recalculator. You know, at the top of Tina G to work out the scoreline because you're like, what is it now? It's just like all these scores coming out. It was phenomenal. But yeah, Tyrone, they never, they never, you know, uh, dropped the heads. They kept plowing, they kept plowing ahead. And, you know, twice they were in in the second half. Uh, and I have to say, to the McCambridge fullback for Armagh, I just think Armagh had a better defensive setup um, that were able to take to um, try to deflate some of those attacks coming through, but she definitely in full back stopped two of those. The, you know, it was time they were in the full uh, in the, around the goal mouth, and she came out strong with the ball. The full back um, bridge and she did very well. But um, throw never give up, and they they have a lot of young players coming through there. But really, Armas attack when they came, and uh, McCoy was everywhere at centre half forward. She was just, every time I looked, she was on the end of the ball. She was setting up a ball. And Carolyn Hanlon, experienced, held up the ball, waited to play those passes. Just that experience, you know, um, 
made it very difficult for for Tyrone to defend against. And when they went, they they were so, they're very fit, they're very fit, and they ran up and down that pitch all day. But like that, you know, both teams did concede a lot. So you know, Mayo will be watching this now, going, okay, you know, seeing where we can um, galvanize on on maybe opportunities that that they're weak at. But uh, it was a it was a great game as in, in regards to scoring ability. But you couldn't really see Tyrone really come because every time they got a score, Armagh went back down and, and put either a goal in the back of the net or a, a point over the bar. We're going to talk more Tyrone. We'll be moving on to the preview section in a second because Mayo and Tyrone is our featured senior game on today's show as well. But just one final note on Armagh. You mentioned two players I just wanted to ask you about. Clodagh McCambridge, first we saw her in the Ulster semi-final do well. I was going to say she's a great find, but uh, like she's been on the team before but playing normally wing-back. They put her into full-back this year. It's working for Armagh. And then Aoife McCoy, like I tweeted that she was my player of the match, not just yeah. because she scored the three goals. She was breaking down Tyrone clearances at the end she set up a, a few more important scores including uh, I think maybe Amy Mackin's goal as well and she was playing centre forward in the game there too there are two players along with the established names like Kelly Mallon Caroline O'Hannon and Amy Mackin that uh, can bring Armagh up another notch yeah they, they, they're going to be really strong outfits against you know, Mayo the, this year but they really gelled well with the team. Like they, as you said, um, Cambridge has moved back into full back, and I think she played that position well. I mean, O'Neill is a serious throwing um, uh, forward uh, and and exceptional talent, but she marshaled that very well in there. And she's tall and she's strong, physically strong. She can read a ball, uh, and as you just said, I I, I nearly agree with you and McCoy. Uh, you know, it was really up between the two of them. McCoy was everywhere. I mean, her her work rate was serious. And again, just smart play. She knows how to play that centre half position. She knows how to make space. She knows how to let other players run into it. She's just a really good centre half forward who can finish. She was very clinical in the three goals that she took her hat trick. Um, but I think they just have a really good blend now of experienced and young players in Armagh. And they're probably a team to really watch for this this year. But I suppose, because the midfield is very strong too, it's that defensive, you know, while, you know, we talk about McCabe's, the rest need to stand up now and look at maybe at a strategy of how, how to close down because they have leaked uh, a few goals in those two games against Tyrone. So, you know, when you're going against the likes of Mayo, who are really formidable, very fast forward line, you need to make sure that uh, you don't be leaking as many goals like that or you will not come out on top. And I have no doubt that Mayo will have taken note of that. And we're going to move now to the preview of the weekend. Uh, our feature here on Sports as Football today, one o'clock on Saturday in uh, Port Shaw McDermott at Mayo against Tyrone. Uh, Maria, Tyrone, like we've just complimented the effort that they put in against Armagh there, but they still lost the game by 12 points. It, it, can they produce another performance like that? I'm not going to question their uh, determination or, to do it, but they have to win this game by 13 points or better to have any chance of making the All-Ireland semi-final. And you just get the feeling that their race is won and Mayo, like for a first day out, unless they get a very hesitant start, uh, could really put the boot down in this game and make a statement. Yeah, it's, again, psychologically too. You know, you've been big twice by Armagh, big scores. I mean, uh, you know, you, you still always go out. Those girls will always go out and wear pride in the jersey and give it their all, which I'm sure they will uh, uh, to own. And they were very close to Mayo last year um, in, in the championship. But I just think with um, Mayo, were a kick, in, a kick of a ball away from the Iron final last year. 
and you know they had a good enough run at the league. They then had the obviously we all had the break, but I mean that motivation when you're that close to an All Ireland final. I mean those girls would have been working really strong, like McManaman and Rach Carrington and all, and will really be working strong during that uh, the the shutdown or the lockdown as it were. And uh, and then you know I just think for Tyrone it probably will be a, a mammoth battle to come back. You know, psychologically, as you say, to have to win, not just win, but win by that amount is going to be very difficult. But the likes of Neve Woods and all, uh, and I said, Kieran Neal and McCaffrey, they're strong players and they'll go out to give it their best. I mean, no one goes out, obviously, to, to not play well, but um, you just expect, it, it probably is just a mountain too high to claim for them. But they'll give Mayo a very good game. I have no, uh, no qualms in that. Yeah, and the pride is always there in Tyrone. Even you mentioned there, Chloe McCaffrey, Neve O'Neill, big scores the last day too. Neve Woods, Neve Hughes uh, driving as well. Um, and I suppose I better just say too, like we beat them last year in Ulster. Uh, we Donegal beat them last year in Ulster. Um, Darren, and then they came back and beat us. You know, so and we beat them well. Like good, you know, uh, in the Ulster Championship, you're only talking about five, six weeks later. They came back and beat us by about three or four scores. I think last year. And knocked so, Donegal out of the championship. And knocked Donegal out. So mm. you know, you, you sometimes your back's against the wall. It's surprising what comes to the forward, but it's just as I said. They leaked a lot uh, of goals and that's going to be very hard against that Mayo forward line to, to tighten that up and just with one week. But, you know, you never know. It's championship. For listeners, though, that would probably watch only ladies football around all Ireland final time, when you hear talk of Karen Khan, um, res- county board members resigning, players banned from being in the panel if they go to Australia, I think Mayo are in complete chaos on the field of play. But it's been anything but that over the last couple of years. They're in the final in 2017. They had a bit of a dip in 2018. They were very, very unlucky in one way to lose out to Galway in last year's All Ireland semi final. And Peter Lee's bringing a team here that have designs on lifting the Brendan Martin Cup. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, they, as you said, like, I mean, they have always been there and thereabouts uh, in the last couple of years. And as you said, everything that's happened outside hasn't really affected them on the ground. If anything, it's galvanised those players that are there before. And I suppose I'm married to a Mayo man, so I'm, I'm often down in, in uh, Newport and Mayo and the McManaman sisters are there. And they are just Mayo to the last and their commitment and their training. Like I'll be talking to them just in general about football. Phenomenal. And, you know, they are they are gunning for the, the senior championship th- this year for sure. And they have the players to do it. Like they were only a kick away, as you said, against Galway um, last year. They got stronger and stronger as the championship went on. And I'd say just that motivation to push on next year was gonna it's gonna be a huge factor for them when they when they take on Tro and then, then Armand the next game after that. But uh yeah, and and and, and well done to them because there was a lot outside, but they've just focused on and they really had to just make sure they were concentrating on one thing and that's on the pitch and what they did on the pitch and everything else they probably dealt with. But the girls just focused on that and and fair play to them. Uh, and and they've as I said like they, they could have been an All Ireland final last year with everything that went on, so I think that kind of really galvanised those players. It's there now that it's making them even stronger this year. And they do like the one thing I like about these these male players in general is they they sound very very mature. Um, like I spoke to Neve Kelly there before the county final in Mayo this year, and of course herself and Grace are in Australia as Sarah Rowe and Gilroy too. And like even when the questions come up from other media about 
But Peter Lee said earlier on about being involved with Mayo next year and Australia too. They just, they don't even think about it. They just want to keep play football for Mayo, get on with the job as well. And it shows how they perform. As you mentioned there, Kieran McMenamin, you've Dana Finn as well that plays an awful lot of basketball too. So they're used to balancing, um, balancing different codes as well. And they'll come into this game at the start of the championship. You'd be nervous for the teams that are only starting week two with not having the game behind them. But based on what we said at Tyrone, of course, who knows, Tyrone could completely surprise us on Saturday and deliver the performance of the year. They'll feel this is an opportunity. Let's get a marker down, make a statement for this year and then set up that winner-takes-all clash against Armagh. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah, there you have to make these games count now because, I mean, you're straight into this uh, and every game is so critically important and they want to put a marker down that, you know, especially going into Armagh uh, for the following game, um, they want to show what they're about and, and have... and kick the same amount if not more than Armagh against Tyrone and really as you said the, the competitiveness for the positions on that team too is very strong like they're all competing to get onto that starting 15 and there's a lot of strong clubs around Mayo with players really fighting to get on and and that's really good the competitiveness is there so when you get out and you if you get that jersey you're going to play out of your skin to keep that jersey number there and and that's great for Peter Lee too that he has that option as well but um, yeah, I, I'd say they're going to, as you said, and as well, it's championship. You're going to give it all. You're going to give it your best. You're going to uh, uh, go out there and really play as well as you can. And uh, I, I'd say if they do that, then um, I'd, you know, looking forward, going down the line of against Armagh or anything else, they, they, they are going to really set out a marker to say, look, we're, we're going to hope to go one step further, go to the iron final. And even if we can go to, great. <laughs> Uh, will it be fair to say that your official prediction will be the Mayo will get the job done and set up that game that we were just talking about? Yeah, I, I would say so. I'd say Toronto definitely will not be uh, anyways an easy game. Toronto are a fabulous uh, outfit as well. They've serious scoring power there that it'll find, that Mayo will find very difficult to, to marshal against. But I think it's just an insurmountable um task ahead of them um, again we haven't seen anything from Mayo but just the way the league form is and, and the motivation of these girls uh, I'd say that uh, it'll be Mayo it'll come out Again, Mayo against Tyrone on Saturday at 1 o'clock in Carrigan Shannon. I'm conscious of the time there now, so we'll move on. We talked about Dublin and Waterford already. Um, we talked about Cork and Kerry. Quick one there, Maria. Um, your prediction for Cork and Kerry. We just talked about Kerry's form as well against the Cork team that are, are coming in cold. We don't really know where yeah. Cork are. Um, you know, and Kerry have picked up big wins in Munster against Cork before. It's definitely the, 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 the possibility of a shock at the championship is definitely on there. Yeah, it is because you know you have a lot of young ones in there for Kerry, and they they've got that the experienced heads there too. We don't know what Cork is about. I know Donegal beat them in the last league game that, that they played there uh, in March and had a good one, and they and Cork had all their big guns up there uh, playing that league game at the time. But it'll be quite interesting to see how it will play out. And again, it's going to be on the day. You know, Donegal getting into the game straight away. You've sixty minutes. You've got to play, especially against Cork who have a lot of experienced players who've been in these big stages before. But Kerry, like that, that the, the game they played against Cavan, they're very fit, very fast. And it'll be how well Cork can manage that. But, you know, would you be surprised if Kerry beat them? Not really. Um, so uh, it'll be, again, an extra game. And I'm looking forward to watching it. 
And of course, if Kerry Doobie, Cork and Cork are out of the championship, that would be official. Quick word, Marie, on the other senior game before we move on. Monaghan against Tipperary. Monaghan have struggled. Even though when you watch club form in Monaghan, you're seeing some, some fantastic players, but it just hasn't come to the inter-county scene. We talked about Tipperary. They'll be hurting and they'll be determined to give themselves a glimmer of hope. Yeah, they will, yeah. Monaghan has just been, again, it looks like a transition period that they're going through at the minute. They've always been, as you said, their club team is very strong. But just in the last couple of years, they've just been going through this, um, bringing in new players. And, and it's been a tough couple of years for them. They haven't been, like when I used to play in Monaghan was the kingpins of Ulster. They haven't uh, had, hit that stage in a, in a couple of years. But Monaghan and Monaghan, they're still tight, tenacious team. But Tipperary, yeah, look really good. Like, I know uh, Ashley Maloney, like, if you took her out of the squad, what would the rest of them, what would Tipperary do? But she's phenomenal. And again, it's how they they, they get her attacking form as well. But uh, it'll be a really good game again. Tipperary, quite strong, quite fit. And uh, they'll be feeling very unlucky against Galway. You know, they could have snuffed it in the end. Even though Galway overall, round the, all the pitch, seemed to have them... Um, would have outplayed them. But, you know, with somebody like Ashley Maloney in there, you just don't know. But uh, it'll be a really good battle between them. And you could see somebody like Tipperary taking Monaghan. Monaghan against Tipperary. That's on Friday night in Parnell Park at half seven. And we'll be talking more about Monaghan against Tipperary and Cork against Kerry on the Curtain Razor on Friday with Rena Buckley. I like listening sports says because I like to listen to ladies football and ladies camogie. Delighted to be joined now by the Sligo Senior Ladies Football Manager, Michael Bohan, to look ahead to this week's big game against Kildare. Michael, you're one of many managers now that are up against it after a first day defeat. It just goes to show exactly how tight a contest it is this year in the All-Ireland Championships. Ah, yeah, every game is, especially in our group, it's a group of four. So if you could win one, you're, you're, you're right back in it. Like uh, Leash and Kildare won last week. And if we were to win... Player win this week, it all goes down to the final day. So it, it's a it's a fairly competitive group. And it's always when the draw was made or the redraw, should I say, it was always going to be a competitive group. Four teams of great pedigree in the last couple of seasons. Um, like Leash for having gone a downward spiral, just looking back in the game. And I suppose if anything, whatever about losing a championship game, you must be disappointed with the fact there's the concession of the goals, which proved very very costly, and no doubt something you're looking to address at the weekend. Oh, we did, yeah. We it's not often you, you probably make five mistakes and you get punished with five goals. You know, usually you might get a couple of mistakes. You might get one goal at one point, but we just made five mistakes and got punished for the five. I suppose for us, it's a very young team, and they learn from that. They learn from the mistakes and hopefully move on to next next Sunday against there. As you mentioned, they're a very young team as well. You've had a lot of changes to the panel this year and a lot of changes from last year's All-Ireland semi-final team as well. Important for these players to gain experience, but I suppose it's a tough melting pot to do it as well, this group. It is like, uh, from the league, I'd say we lost probably about 15 girls that didn't come back. That's for various reasons. It's a long, it's a long year we should last December. And we were lucky enough, we got eight or nine new girls have come in. I suppose for last Sunday, it was probably the whole backline is 20 years or younger. So it's a very young backline that we had out. But look, they learn from days like that. That's the only way you'll improve is to learn from games like that. 
And as you come into this game against Kildare, not just you aim to learn from it too. You, as you just mentioned there as well, just one of those days where you just got punished for any mistake that you made uh, with the maximum penalty as well. Kildare to leave it late to get their opening day victory. Now, they'll take confidence from that, but it also highlights the fact that this game is not a gimme. Even though they won the league match between you, Sligo did win last year's game as well and Sligo have proven themselves very, very well able to handle Kildare teams. Yeah, we... we... We played them in the second round of the league and like it was a great game up in uh, Newbridge. Probably for the first, I'd say, coming up to half time, we were one seven, three points up. And they just, just before a minute or a minute and a half before half time, they got a goal and a point that, you know, brought them back within three points. We were playing with the win. So like it gave them confidence coming out for the second half and they probably, they just pushed it down. They were a bit stronger in the second half with the win behind them. We know, they, of course, Kildare were in a run of form in the league as well. And, of course, as you mentioned, you're betting in new players and probably the wrong side of some key games as well. So you're familiar enough with them there. As I say, they have that victory as well. They grabbed it out there too. I know goals, obviously, conceding them is one key area you'll be looking at. What else are you expecting from Kildare in this game based on what you might have seen of them in that win against Clare? The, the, the one thing we probably learned from them is the way they move the ball so quick. They move it quick into their forwards. You know, first they they get a lot of players back and when they win ball, it's straight into the forwards. Like the six good forwards that any of them can score. And that's probably the, the, the strongest part of their game is their, is their forward line. And even as we talk about their forward line and we've discussed about negating their impact as well, you'll certainly be hoping for more from yourselves. Lauren Bowles did well to get the goal the last day against Leash too and you'll be looking for some other players to step up and give you a good healthy tally. Ah yeah, Lauren had, Lauren had a great game the last day and Look at the, the Rachel O'Brien did well in there as well. And uh, look at all the forwards. You know, it was a tough day. Leash, probably the biggest, strongest and physical team we played all year. I know Leash got players back and that stood to them, but probably that was the, the toughest team we ever we played this year. Their, their size, physically, they were way stronger than us. Would you be confident, Michael, that you can get a result against Kildare? Oh, yeah, we're going up there. We're going up to play Kildare and we're hoping to, to, to get a win. The girls, the girls will pick up. Now we're back tomorrow night at training on Friday night, and we'll we'll pick it up and we'll we'll give it one hell of a go uh, next Sunday in Kinnegad. And as you mentioned there in Kinnegad on Sunday, nothing to lose as well. And of course, Sligo proven before they can bounce back when the need is in a very very tight group. Michael, thanks a million for talking to us, and the very very best of luck against Kildare on Sunday. Thanks very much, Darren. Thank you. I like listening to Sports Dad because he has famous celebrities and I guess listen to him. Darren Kelly. So that was uh, the Sligo manager, Michal Bohen. And we're just very quickly before we wrap up, Maria, we're going to have a quick talk about the Intermediate Championship. Five big games again happening this Sunday. Uh, talking about Sligo, you'd know Sligo very, very well. There's a lot of transition with them this year. They were really disappointed uh, how the opening game against Leash went losing it by 5-8 to 1-4. They're going up against the Kildare team that came from behind to beat Clare. Uh, it's really asking a lot for Sligo to try and turn this around. Yeah, it is. Uh, God, you know, as you said, I lived in Sligo for years. I would have played with serious, great players through college and clubs and Edna Flanagan and, and uh, Stephanie Loney and, and players like that, Noel Gormley. And they've just, they've been pitting right the last couple of years and young young ones are coming through. And especially in intermediate, I think, you know, I've, I played junior, intermediate and senior. And especially in intermediate, you have a lot of counties where they could be in different stages and transition where the, the competitiveness could be very different uh, uh, depending on the team that you meet compared to seniors, say. But, um, 
Yeah, Sligo just, you know, they had a poor runner campaign in the league. They lost five matches, five of their games. To then have the lockdown, you know, to really how to galvanise yourself, to push yourself forward, to get training and get keep fit for the championships, quite difficult after that. But at the same time, you know, I would know Sligo, I know they're set up and uh, they're, they're, they've some good players in there. You still carry Maloney, a really good leader on the pitch and boys in there in the, in the forward line. But they did take a, a big beating against Leash. It's going to be very hard for them now to turn around. And Caldera, really physical, strong team, always have been. And, uh, you know, they came behind in the first half. Um, there were four points against Clare. And then they came behind the last couple of minutes against uh, Clare and nearly the full time to, to win over. So even that pressure and, and playing together and, and making sure you get over the line against Clare will be a big learning for Caldera that they'll hope to push on against Sligo uh, this weekend. Because both have employed their trade in Division 3 this year. And there just two, two questions on this. Of course, you mentioned there, Kildare in the winning habits. They actually made the league final before the lockdown came in. It looked like it was going to go away from them. I think Clare were about six or seven up at one stage, but they yeah. drilled, they dragged themselves back into the game and Roisin burned in, stepping up at the closing stages. And when a team is in a winning habit, like the, the flip side of Sligo, with the losing habit at the moment, they can just seem to make these things happen. Like we knew this group was going to be very, very tight with the uh, pedigree of the four teams that are involved. And Kildare, like... You just feel like they're going to just keep this going as well. They beat Sligo by eight points in the in the in the league as well, and they really really fancy their chances. Of course, it's only four years ago that they were All Ireland champions at intermediate. That's right. Yeah, like we had plenty of tussles with there over the years. They're always very geared, uh, physically strong, and the tackle and and they're also great fitness in them and have always been. And uh, they've always they're in between the senior and and uh, intermediate. Uh, they've got great players there. You know, Dooling scored one, two, and burned five points. And they have Gilbert and Keneally in the back line. Really strong players that, uh, as you said, momentum now. You know, a team is used to winning. They're used to grinding out results. And you've seen that against Clare. After that big break that we've had, they, they, they had a great uh, league performance and they brought that into that first game against Clare. And Clare, again, very similar to Clare, very strong good intermediate team as well but Kildare pulled it over the line so they'll be making a mark they'll want to go further the, the, this year for sure and the way they're playing you know they'll be very typically fa- fancied for it and while Sligo too like I think they beat Kildare in last year's league and they've been in three All-Ireland semi-finals in the last four years even you touched yeah. on there too and Michael said it too when we were talking to him a lot of young players in the team now I stand to be correcting on this I think there's 14 changes from the Sligo team that played in last year's All-Ireland semi-final against Tipperary to the team that line out against Leash when you have a turnover like that when you allow players who weren't available at the start of the year and there's been a bit of a change in the panel since it pretty much is a transition year they'll no doubt they'll go out and give everything they have but it looks like they're this team they mightn't say publicly are, are looking at 2021 yeah I think so too I think you feel your age when you read uh, a Sligo the setup, and you're like I don't know any of these players and I used to know a whole lot of them you're like god what happened to them all they've all got a bit older like myself but uh, they ha- and, and you know you talk about last year there was 14 uh, changes and then you know you well, you're trying to galvanise that for championship and get yourself ready and get through the league and as I said it wasn't the best performances from them then you had the, 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 the lockdown and an individual, and that's very difficult. When you're going through a transition and then you have seven months where these new players can't get to play with each other, it's a, it's a huge task for them. But I, like you, you know, of course they're going to go out and, you know, they, 
like as I said with Tyrone, when you're given that jersey, any girl is given that jersey, you're going to bring pride to that. And the the Saigo's always done that. Whether they'll go out uh, this weekend with immense pride and and go for it, and especially with all those young players, um, I think 2021 is what they should be visualising because that will be a more risk, realistic performance uh, level that they could go out or, or set a goal for them because this year just with so many new players and with COVID, it probably is too much for them. Yeah, at least this whole type division three to hold on to this year with no changes. Uh, Maria, we, we just before we head off, just to mention, of course, Clare against Leash, the other game in the group uh, that's in Club Bell on Sunday at one o'clock. Um, there's five games in total taking place in the Intermediate Championship. Mead, of course, probably a lot of favourites, a lot of people. They look to submit their place when they take on Leitrim and Mullahorn. Longford go up against Loud in uh, St. Tiernex also on Sunday. Um, one game just want to mention before we finish up, Roscommon against Wexford, a great opportunity for both teams. Wexford a big win against Offaly was Cummins' first game. It's an effective quarterfinal. Yeah, it is. Two great teams again, uh, Darren, uh, Ross Common and Dar- going through the transitions of Wexford is on, on, on the up as well. So it's going to be interesting. Like, as I said, we talk about the Kildares now, but with COVID now, these, you don't know the preparations coming in and teams like Wexford and Ross Common uh, that are coming up and, you know, again, have been going through a transition, Ross Common and I are coming through. Now, it'd be interesting to see just how well they're going to take on Wexford in this game. But, um, I really this year, you know, the Leashes and the Kildares are probably the teams and, and the, that I'd be looking at uh, that are always predominantly quite strong intermediate. But with COVID, you don't know the likes of, of Roscommon and Wexford could cause a surprise. Like, But again, just looking at even the, the sheer physical strength and conditioning of some of these teams, they just seem to be that bit stronger than, than other counties in intermediate. And it brings me nicely to the last question before we wrap up. Of course, we have to give a shout out to Westmead for their performance last week, coming down nine goals against Longford as well. I talked there about Mead going for like third time looking, being one of the favourites, but Westmead have laid down their marker as well. And as you said, there's lots of contenders picked up big victories as well. We're already looking at four or five teams that could be in the shake up in Ireland finally. Oh, could be, which makes it incredibly exciting, especially intermediate. And now with, you know, the, 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 the with COVID and, and, and games coming on f- thick and fast, you know, there could be injuries picked up. Their big, uh, your big players might have to miss the game. And what does that mean for, co- for the, for the game? So it's going to be really interesting. And intermediate's always got four or five things that you could to look at. But I just, you know, I've watching Kildare there uh, at the weekend. They're very strong. Now I have to see now I haven't seen all of the play, the teams play, but uh, they look just very, very strong. They look like something that could step up to senior very easily next year. But again, you just don't know how, how it's going to play out but uh, it's going to be a very good strong contest for Intermediate and we're looking forward to seeing how that pans out as well but that's it everybody we've uh, we've got a good distance as well but there was plenty to talk about here on the show with myself and Maria we'll be back again next Wednesday we'll be looking back at some of the key matches and uh, Maria we'll also be looking ahead to Donegal against Waterford for yourself I hope there is something to play for there as well yes. but we will be looking ahead to it too in all the big games who knows what shocks we'll have it's a very exciting start to this year's championship and uh, no doubt that will continue this weekend for myself and Maria Thank, Thank you very you. much. And I hope you join us again next Wednesday here in Sports Desk. Thanks, Darren. Bye.